This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers that are going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the property? way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code WORKSHOP, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is WORKSHOP. You need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com, put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Hope you're having a great day, and thanks so much for always checking in with us. Super excited. We're going to talk on a lot of topics today and focus on mentorship with Matthew Boltzell. Hey, Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Well, Matthew's basically coming here and he is in Thailand, which is awesome. So we are about 11 hours difference and he's on nighttime. We're just getting our day started. So we're going to talk in a lot of different formats, but we just had to put that out there because that's super impressive to be able to tackle all he's doing. He is responsible for market research, market research, due diligence, acquisitions, and investor relations at Boardwalk Wealth, a private equity company based out of Dallas, Texas. He participates in identifying, analyzing, and advising in all phases of the acquisition process. And as we said, he's based out of Denver, but he's currently living in, I'm going to say this and butcher it, Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> yeah. you, you got it. You, get, you got it. You got it. You did, close you did enough, well. Close you did enough well. for people to have, have some context of where I am. So yeah. well, well, that, that's awesome, man. Super excited to have you on. Give me some context. Give, give us a little more about your background, your story, and really what's led you to this process, of course, working with Boardwalk Wealth and doing this living across the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, first off, thanks for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Um, so a little bit about my background. Uh, I was involved in single family, uh, single family residencies back in 2008 with my mother. Uh, we had a portfolio of about 10 single family properties, which I helped manage. And, you know, unfortunately, it was kind of like a mom and pop kind of organization. It's like, hey, go run up, grab that flyer, look at it. Oh, all right, let's put in a bid. We got a house. All right. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we didn't, I, we didn't really run it as well as we could have. And long story short, we had to liquidate a bunch of properties and uh, we kind of went belly up. And so fast forward uh, to my story, I graduated 2017, or sorry, 2007, 2007. And I wound up leaving the United States in June, 2016 to uh, go move overseas. And I attempted to move to Germany and it didn't really work out for me. So I wound up 
finding myself in Thailand and I fell in love and I recently got married uh, last year and my wife and I are expecting our first kid. And so while being abroad, I was reassessing what I kind of wanted to do upon my arrival back to the United States. And I was thinking, okay, you know, I want to get into real estate, but there's probably going to be some time before I go back to America. So I kind of put some feelers out there uh, abroad and people would say to me, hey, oh, you want to buy a condo? You want to do this? I said, no, I want to get involved in American real estate. So they're like, okay, well, you should probably move to America. And I thought that's basically not practical at this moment. So I got on bigger pockets and I started to try and think uh, creatively of how I could get my foot into the door of commercial real estate. And at that point I said, I heard everybody saying, go to meetups, go to meetups, go to meetups, go to meetups. Well, that's out of the window for me because there's no meetups about American real estate in Thailand. Like that's just completely out of the window. So I created a niche. You, you could create that yeah, niche right there and take it over could, yeah, the whole country. Like people yeah. were people. I, I, I had, I had a lunch with a gentleman and he was like, so uh, you want to get some condos here? I was like, no, what? No. And so I created a digital meetup and I posted it on bigger pockets and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't knocking down doors and taking names or anything. I mean, it was basically six to eight people uh, all throughout the United States and it was hosted, I believe on zoom It ran for about two to three months. But the thing was, uh, I thought outside the box and through that, uh, a lady commented on my uh, post and she was just kind of, she kind of gave me some pointers and she said, Hey, like update me on your progress. Like, let me know what's going on. So it kind of started my momentum, my momentum started building from there. And she said, Hey, follow up with me in a month. Let me know how things are going. So I followed up in a month, followed up two months, kept kind of just always keeping her up to date on how everything was going with me. And I think maybe the third or fourth time I reached out to her, uh, it was in regards to maybe like a syndication calculator or something along those lines. And she said, Hey, well, I, I know this guy's name's Omar. He's really good at underwriting. Why don't I put you in touch with him? So it just so happened to be working out. That was the time that Omar was launching his company, Boardwalk Wealth. And Omar kind of said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm struggling with this. Would you mind, uh, you know, if you want, help me with this. And I was like, okay. And I did a simple task of uh, compiling brokers and Corpus Christi, I believe. And then he's like, okay, great. Like your work. Uh, how about, can you do something? And it was like another thing. Okay. And then it was another thing. And then it was another thing. And then it was another thing. And then one thing led to another. I'm like, so am I working here? Like what's going on? And he's like, yeah, let's put you on the website. All right, let's, let's get the ball rolling. And then that, that so that's my kind of uh, <clears throat> whirlwind tour of how I kind of started getting into commercial real estate. And then, you know, just recently back in February or beginning of March, I launched my podcast, Real Estate Journeys as well. And I also wanted to do, do, do that to broaden my network of real estate investing as well and develop my network. And basically I have to kind of think outside the box and think digitally and kind of think bigger than I would if I was in my own little pond of also Denver, Colorado or the United States. I had to think more globally and how to expand my network. So that's kind of how I, I started getting into commercial real estate. So 
there's so much to dive in here, right? And so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start with the first part because what really stands out is that like- Sorry, sorry about that. I just no, it's great because it just, the, the thing that stands out is that if you want a yes, you can find a yes because you really only need the one yes, right? So you got no in the beginning and you could have been like, oh yeah, I'm in Thailand. I guess I can't invest in the United States. But you kept asking the question and my office- they, I drive them crazy with this because they'll be like, oh no, they said no. I was like, well, keep asking because eventually you just ask and you'll find the right answer if you know it's out there. And you knew it was out there. Plenty of people yeah. are investing you know, in the United States from where you are and you just had to find what, what your method was. Creating a digital meetup, a great approach. You get in there and that, that one connection. But what you did with that is that you did the follow-up. You know, you didn't just say, okay, great. Yeah, it was great to meet you. You actually did the follow-up and kept the processes in place. And past that, when you did have the connection with Omar, you put in the work. You know, like I think lots of times we put value on what we're doing before we've actually done anything to prove what we're doing. And you went out there and just did what you were doing and it created the value where sometimes you, you just expect without actually having done the work. And so, yeah, kudos to you. I mean, super cool. And with that even moving into to larger multifamily, was that just from the onset where you wanted to go because of what you did with the single family houses or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I know a lot of people say go, you know, educate yourself, educate yourself. And I mean, I was educating myself nonstop and uh, I, I, I knew how it was for, at least um, for me, for single family homes. And I know a lot of people had success, uh, you know, from 2008 until now, fixing and flipping and, uh, wholesaling and doing all these different avenues. Right. And I thought, you know, when I get back to the United States, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want this like another, you know, grindstone, put my nose down, like flip a house. Okay. Like get it. And then I, I know how that is. And especially since we're later in the cycle, you know, I didn't really know that I was, and I wanted to go big. And I was thinking to myself, how can I do that? How can I align myself with the right individuals to succeed and put myself in a successful situation upon my return? And that's the kind of the road I went about in achieving that. So if you're listening and you're in a smaller market, think about just everything. Just Matthew just put himself in here because if you're thinking I'm in, you know, I don't know, just some podunk town somewhere where there's 10 people. Well, Matthew's in Thailand and he just thought outside the box of to put this together. And so there's so many ways that you can get involved. It's just, you have to give yourself permission to do it. Moving forward now, working with Boardwalk, you know, of course, coming on with Omar, we've had Omar on the show. Of course, it's probably been about a hundred episodes again. So, but if you go to the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast, Search Omar Khan, he'll come up. Super awesome interview. Highly detailed, highly influential with everything he has there. So I can see why you guys are a good fit there. Working on his team, what, what have been some of the learning lessons when, when working on the team capacity and how has that helped you move your progress forward in commercial real estate? With everything that I've learned from Omar, you know, I've, I don't think a lot of people realize from the outside uh, looking in how much of a team effort, you know, commercial real estate really is, you know, I mean, you have your lawyers, your, your CPA, you have your capital raisers, you have your sponsors, your GPs, your LPs, uh, your underwriters, your marketing team, your social media team. I mean, the list can go like on, right. And when I think you're first starting out, you know, you think, okay, I'll, I'll I want to go big. I want to take on a 200 unit and you can see, you can almost smell the green on somebody. And even if they have the best intentions, I mean, I, 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 you know, when you make a mistake and you can kind of learn from it, 
it's you learn very quick. And I remember I spoke with this broker and he's like, so where's your capital coming from? And I, uh, well, I, yeah, you know, I was stuttered. He was just like, and he's a very nice guy. He's very good. He's, he was actually, a, a he's one of the top brokers, uh, in, in Colorado, but he spoke with me. He's very frank. And he's like, listen, he's, you, need, you need to get these things in line and in order. And he was kind of speaking to me about, you know, your money and your team. And I was like, okay, like kind of like my tail between my legs. And I was like, okay. So, you know, going back to your question of, you know, realizing how much of a team effort it really is. And, you know, one of the things we're talking about is like mentorship. I don't think people realize like, you know, one of the things I kind of preach on is uh, find somebody's pain point and solve it for them. And I know a lot of, a lot of sponsors, you know, let's say you're weak at social media. Uh, let's say you're weak at marketing. Let's say you're great at underwriting, but you're not much of a visual person. So you don't know what a good exec, a good executive summary looks like, you know, there's a lot of things that you can bring to the table. And if you can present yourself as a solution to their problem, you're that much more likely to get in the door and start formulating your team. And also I learned too, is that like, it's about leveraging, right? Really like real estate leveraging, right? So let's say you're like the low guy on the totem pole, which I feel like I am a lot of the times with, you know, these guys and our GPs. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what are these guys talking about? Right. But I'm learning at that much quicker of a rate. And just by being on their boat, right. I'm like elevated because they're helping me. And you know, that's what you need to do if you're trying to get into commercial real estate too, because if you're trying to go the solo route, I mean, odds are you probably won't make it. Or if you do, you're going to crash and burn and then you're going to be a one and done. So um, really, I would say the team teamwork aspect is what I Yeah, really that's awesome, dude. And there's so many moving parts, as you said there. And it's just a great point. It really is a team prospect here. So if you want to get into these larger properties, like you said, there's just so many different roles that have to be filled. So yeah, maybe if you're going into a smaller asset at first, you know, when we did our first acquisition, we were wearing a lot of the hats because ultimately we're learning exactly what are all the steps and all the points you want to go for. But going forward, there's people that are better at certain roles than we are. And even when you're surrounding yourself with other people, you, you, the information will come to you as you can take it in, right? So we run a, you know, a large multifamily meetup here. We have like 2,000 members. So we, we got people who have never done a deal, never, you know, just walking in for the first time, people have 1,000 units. So we, you have to find a medium ground where you can be able to speak to both parties. And sometimes you have people that are brand new and say, you know, the last meeting we just, we were kind of lost on what you were talking about because of these points, but now it's starting to click because it was their time to understand that process. Mm. When, when you do speak to brokers, you know, it would be helpful. Could you, could you outline some of the questions that you feel come across regularly? Yeah. So I would say as far as like speaking to brokers, um, one of the, I mean, first of all, you you have to obviously know the jargon, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say one of the things that they're going to ask you for is your investment criteria. Now this will be a dead duck in the water and probably will not get your call returned or your email. But if you say like, I want a cash flowing property in a good area, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. okay, Jimmy, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Call me back next Monday. Speak to my assistant at don't ever call me again.com or whatever, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I'd say know, know your investment criteria, right? Uh, everybody's going to have a different investment criteria. 
So I would say some basics are probably know know your unit count. What are you trying to? What are you? What do you feel comfortable with at Boardwalk Wealth? We're between 100 and 200 units. What is your asset class? What are you trying to do? Are you looking for B class properties? Are you doing value add? What's your play? Um, what is your purchase price? You know, what are you looking for? Are you looking between three to four million? You know, what submarket? What markets are you looking in? So everybody's going to have a different uh, investment criteria. So when the broker asks you, what is your investment criteria? You have to be able to like, bop, 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 and just rifle it off as opposed to 50 to 75 units. Actually, 150 to 200 sounds, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 150 to 200 and the class. Like he's going to be like, this guy's making this up on the fly. Yeah. So really knowing, your, no, really knowing what your investment criteria is going in and then when they when they when you speak with the broker and they get it right they might send you back let's just say you say 100 200 units they send you a 65 unit you know don't automatically be dismissive of that you know send back your reply and let them know why this deal does not fit your criteria then you're taking that much more seriously. Hey, we like the 65 unit. It is in our submarket, but actually, you know, we're looking for 100 to 200 units. Okay, great. Next one. It's 100 units. Oh, great. This fits our investment criteria, but it's on the other side of the river and it's kind of like a D class. We're looking for more C class. Okay, great. You know, now you're developing a relationship. Now you're talking, right? You can't go for the jugular. They're not going to give you the the holy grail off the jump. So, knowing your investment criteria and really kind of start developing that relationship is going to help you as far as um, developing a rapport and getting uh, better offers coming your way. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. Thank you for that. That's super helpful. And you're spot on, right? Being specific and know what you want and just talking to talk. I mean, awesome. Now looking at your roles today with Boardwalk Wealth, you've worked on so many different capacities as you go into the company. Where's your core focus today? Um, you know, honestly, right now I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Um, one of my main focuses as well is just to build out the podcast as well that I'm working on. And I would say for my, I'm thinking more upon my arrival when I come back. And what I would like when I come back is to, for my role to increase within Boardwalk Wealth. And the more that I see um, within the syndication process, you know, how I speak about you know, adding value to other syndicators. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people think like, especially in America, you know, like we need to be number one. Like I need to be a sponsor. I need to make the most money. Like I need to conquer and like seeing everything. Now I'm like, you know, I think I might be cool being Scotty Pippen. You know, I'm on the team. Love it. I get the championships. I get some rings, but I'm not the guy, right? I'm not the sponsor. But if that allows me some freedom to you know, uh, not, not carries much weight, but allows me to come back to Thailand for, you know, a month and still work abroad. You know, I don't have to be nose to the grind, the sponsor. Um, so I, I, I like my role now, but I think when I uh, go back to the United States, um, I think I would like just kind of developing where I'm at even more, just being more uh, boots on the ground. And taking it from there, I'm not ruling out being a sponsor in the future. But, um, you know, like I said, I think I'm cool with being a Scotty Pippen in the commercial, the commercial space right now, knowing my lane and being like, hey, you know, 
I like to travel. I like to be able to, you know, be uh, independent. And I feel like maybe if I were to take the sole sponsor's position on, uh, that would be less likely to occur for me. I don't know. Um, but that's what I'm kind of focusing on right now. Yeah, so well said. Give us some tips about working while living abroad or traveling. What are some of the keys to success you use for people that maybe want to, you know, pick up and, and move for a couple months, be transient? Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the key things I think it's applicable to all aspects of life is be a man of your word or a woman of your word. Um, so if you are traveling and let's say you get an email and it's, it's easy to say, I'm traveling, like I'll get to it when I get off the plane or whatever. But if you say, hey, I'll get back to you by Friday, get back to somebody by Friday. If you say, hey, I'm going to have the report done on Tuesday, have the report done on Tuesday. And from there, I think people realize when you stick to your word, you're that more trusted. So whether you're in Fort Lauderdale or you're in Dallas or Seattle, Hong Kong, Chiang Mai, Thailand, or Australia, Sydney, Sydney, Australia, like people be like, oh, he said he was going to get it done there. He got it done there. He said he's going to get it done here. He got it done here. Like they don't worry about you. And the last thing you want is to tarnish your reputation and then people won't even trust you in your own market, let alone halfway around the world. Yeah. I love that. Do what you say, and that becomes who you are. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Matthew, really appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Thanks so much for giving us all this guidance, talking about mentorship, talking about roles that come across, talking about other points. Well, that's a real podcast life right there. So on those formats, man, tell me what's the best way for listeners to find more about you, connect with you, yeah. learn how to find yeah. a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to listen to the podcast, you, you can go to rejpodcast.com. And uh, if you want to, my email address is Matthew at MatthewBaldstell.com. And also uh, for your listeners, I have a giveaway. Uh, I have, they can go to checklist.rejpodcast.com. And I've come up with 50 uh, suggestions and tips that people can go about to adding value to get their foot in find real estate mentor for free. Awesome. Tell us that link one more time. Yeah. So it's checklist.rejpodcast.com. Awesome. I'll check it out. Put that in the show notes. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Well, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Huge thank you to Matt Bolto. Have a great day. Bye now. Cheers. Mm-hmm.